The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Good morning, Southwest Florida. We're on the air for Sunday, October 3rd. We have a jam-packed show in this next 30 minutes. We're going to recap the latest in the markets and investing, of course. We're going to talk about what is NUA and why it's important for many business executives, retirement planning, and what is discordant retirement. It happens when couples aren't on the same page when it comes to retirement. We'll talk about all of that and how to avoid it. I'm Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, joined in the studio by Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. Morning, Derek. Good morning, David. So uh, Friday, we ended up uh, just short of 500 points, but it was a bumpy ride. In fact, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday was a roller coaster of a ride. Right, the NASDAQ actually, uh, Friday's close was the first up close in seven. The NASDAQ has been languishing a little bit. Uh, for the month of the September, though, the S&P was down 4%, the NASDAQ down 5 small caps down 3 and for the week, the S&P was down 2%, the NASDAQ 3 and small caps, interestingly enough, finished higher, which I thought was a really good sign for the market going forward. And as we go forward, we head into the fourth quarter, obviously, as we head into October, and there's a lot of stuff to discuss. As we go into earnings season, this is going to be a particular interesting one, because not only are we going to review what the report cards are of these publicly traded companies, but we're going to more importantly listen to what they say. Right. It's it's really a very unusual environment. These supply shortages, we have 10 million job openings, yet we have 6 million unemployed. Uh, the input prices that have been going up in terms of the commodity markets and the rest, labor availability has really led some companies to post astoundingly poor results. And that's something we've got to be alert to is that, you know, what are companies going to say in the guidance about those issues and how they're going to resolve themselves? And if they are even in this quarter or next, some we're hearing in some cases that some of this is not going to clear out until the end of 2022. So listen carefully to what the companies are giving us for guidance. The other thing I want to shift to is what's happening internationally. Uh, China appears to be slipping into recession, and we're seeing these rolling blackouts, Derek, which means their PMI was lower than expected. Right. They're, they're, they have an, a lack of coal, for example, so they aren't able to power some of their plants. They're also trying to reduce uh, pollution emissions. So again, the, the Chinese government is ordering early shutdowns on some of these plants. So that's contributing to weakness. Uh, there's also been you know a resurgence of COVID in China. And then finally, the property market with Evergrande out there has been under pressure as well. So second largest economy is showing slowing growth. And that was evidence with their PMA on Friday, which was a down number. It was a down number. And let's talk a little bit about Evergrande. I know maybe our listeners may have heard of this, but explain what it is and why it's important to the citizens of China. Well, it's, it's the largest property developer in China, uh, basically $300 billion uh, property. And the, the problem is they pre-sold homes to many Chinese citizens, and yet they have yet to deliver that. So the citizens, obviously, they want their money back. Evergrande doesn't have the money. They also owe money to international bondholders as well as Chinese citizens. So the thinking is that they're going to favor the, the locals as opposed to the foreigners, which, again, just demonstrates that investing in China is becoming increasingly perilous. It is difficult for sure. But we're watching it because, as you said, it's the second largest economy. And we are also watching what is happening 
in Europe because they've had great weather over there this past summer. Their wind turbines aren't creating as much, and it looks like we're heading into an energy issue as well. Right. Green energy is much more expensive than people realize, as, as you refer to the turbines, a lack of wind, but also hydroelectric power, too. There's been a drought as well, so really a perfect storm in, in Europe, and that economy continues to be sluggish, which is one of the reasons they think the U.S. stock market has surprised people, because we are literally an oasis in a sea of, of volatility around the globe. And that's where I was going. So you look at investing internationally, and as we build portfolios, as you know as well as anyone, we look to put some of our equities in international space. So we're watching China, and we're watching Europe, and we're thinking, should we overweight domestically? And that means the United States. And as you talked about, we are an oasis. Our GDP report continues to be positive. Right. The Atlanta Fed, is, I believe, is looking for 3% growth in uh, Q3, which is certainly much better than what we're going to see from Europe. And I've never believed Chinese China's GDP data to begin with. Uh, so that's so that's a good sign. But again, stock markets and economies aren't one and the same. Uh, the stock market's going to react to different factors. Uh, so far this year, the, the economy has actually done or the earnings have actually done better than the stock prices. So the market itself is actually more attractively now valued now as we enter the seasonally strong period of the year that's than right. it was on January 1st. And we're, adding, we're entering into the seasonally strong part of the year, which generally is the fourth quarter and the first quarter. And so you see this, some of this volatility. It really it gives you an opportunity to do some risk adjusting in your portfolio to understand what you own and why you own it. Why do you have certain securities in there? Have they just been dormant? And one of the reasons we talk about this now is because we, as we head into the end of the year, likely tax changes are before us. And if that happens, then you're going to have to know what you own, why you own it, and how much you're paying for it. Still to come, what is NUA and why is it important to business executives and their retirement planning? Also, we'll talk about discordant retirement between couples and how to avoid it. There's a lot more left. This is Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary and we put that in writing this is the annex wealth management show know the difference it's team tech trust annex wealth management provides comprehensive investment and retirement planning tailored to our clients needs and that ranges from starting people on simple path like annex ignite all the way to services designed for business executives and their unique needs and we do everything in between joining me several members of the annex team let's welcome back brandon layman wealth manager at annex wealth management good to see you danny and wealth manager keith butler hey keith hey it's a pleasure to be here Hey, so I wanted to take this time and introduce you, Keith. You know, we really appreciate you joining the team. We're excited to have you here. Your background is great. You spent a lot of time working in, in a lot of great areas of financial planning. But one area you and I have talked a lot about is business succession planning and some of the things yeah. you've seen there. You know, what are the types of business succession planning you've seen over your career? Well, I've seen pretty much the gamut. It ties hand in hand with the state planning, which was my a big background of mine. And... One thing is if you have co-owners, that presents a whole unique situation because with co-owners who are not family members, they need to work together to create a plan. 
plan for the buyout, how to fund a buyout, what triggers that, like is it death, disability. But the more interesting is a family-owned business. And that opens up a whole myriad of personal and professional issues that people have to cope with. Um, You can pass it to directly. You can give it to them during lifetime. You could sell it to them. You could leave it upon death or combination of a gift and sale. When you think back to some of these different transitions you've helped guide people through over your career, what has been some of the major pitfalls you've encountered or seen people encounter as they've started to go down these roads and you've said, well, we, we need to take a step back uh, because of X, Y, or Z? What, what have you seen the most common? Yeah. I've been really lucky in many respects and that a lot of the transitions of business to family members have worked out really well through the luck of the draw. Uh, very successful businesses. But where I've seen a problems come up are for people that dominated the business. For example, let's say you have a chef who owns a restaurant and he passes away unexpectedly. All of a sudden, nobody knows what to do. Who's in charge? Where I've seen the problem arise is where you have a a dominant owner business and they didn't make a plan to say, okay, if we have an unexpected bad health event, if we have a sudden death, what happens? Who turns on the lights? And I and we had a real unfortunate situation with a with a restaurant that just closed for a little while. And as I learned at the time, restaurants lose a lot of value if they're not sold as a golden concern. Talking about business succession planning, joined by Brandon Lehman, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, and a brand new member of the Annex team, Keith Butler. When you think about it, from a valuation standpoint, at what time and what is the best way? Is it annually start looking at valuations of the firms? Is it every couple of years? When should firms and, and business owners start looking at valuation and actually starting in this whole process? That's a great question. And particularly the case where you have unrelated co-owners who have some sort of a buyout agreement, stock redemption agreement, they're often called, cross-purchase agreement. I recommend every three years looking at it, unless there's been an event. There may be an event that caused the business to go up in value or decrease in value, unfortunately, over that time. So I would say every three years would be a rule of thumb without something else intervening. When you think about this, so, so every three years, family transitions, at what time should somebody sit down? At what point in their career should they sit down and actually start this planning? Because I have encountered over my career a lot of folks who come to us and they're like, I want to retire next year. And I feel like that's a little late in the game to start the business transition process. When is the best time to start that? Um, the day after you open your business. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, uh, it's something you need to think about immediately. And especially if, it, again, if we go back to a family-owned business, you definitely want to get that planning done. And you want to have communication because one thing I found is that people are often surprised by their family. And it can be in either direction. I've seen business owners fret and fret because, oh, my gosh, I, I, I think Brandon should run my company, but what is his sister going to think? And then when you finally have the conversation after fretting about it for three years, she's like, yeah, of course he runs it. On the other hand, you may be able to unearth some problems you didn't dream existed. You may be thinking, ah, they get along great, everything will be fine. Whereas when you have the conversation, you flesh out some things that really then need to be addressed. So there, there's no time that's too soon. That, that's certainly true. You know, lastly, there's a lot of considerations that go into this from value, from timing, from all of those aspects of it. But what are some of the key considerations that you say, if you're talking to a a new client, that is the most important things to consider right now? I would say, especially if this is a unrelated owners, how do you want to value this thing? Because the first instinct is, hey, if I decide to leave, I helped build this company. I want to get my value out. 
but maybe it's not you that's the one that's leaving. So if you leave a, a valuation, if you just leave during lifetime, that's too high. It may be a real burden on the business or the surviving shareholder uh, to buy out. So I think that's one of the biggest things right there is to talk about what are these triggering events? Leave, just leave voluntarily, you retire, you die, because there can be a very different answer as to how you value it. For instance, for death, you have life insurance. So there's a way of funding it. You can't buy insurance for somebody just leaving. Good stuff. Keith Butler is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. And as you've heard, significant experience guiding the unique needs of business executives, company owners. Keith, thank you for joining us. A pleasure. And Brandon Lehman, wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, thanks for your time. Thank you, Danny. More to come. Stick around. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Here's an understatement. The last 12 months have been a roller coaster, right? Because of the pandemic, most Americans have increased their focus on investment and retirement planning. But what if you haven't taken that all-important first step? Annex Wealth Management can help. We'll create a solid plan for you that includes investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. It's time to take us up on that free portfolio review. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Annex Wealth Management provides comprehensive investment and retirement planning tailored to our clients' needs. It's a role we take very seriously at Annex because there's so much at stake. Details matter. We're going to talk about those details and how Annex makes sure we cross T's, dot I's. Joining me, several members of the Annex team. Let's welcome back Brandon Lehman, CFP and Branch Director at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Brandon. Danny, how are you? Good, thanks. And joining us, da-da, for the very first time, Angela Wingo, Client Service Manager, Annex Wealth Management. Hello, Angela. Hi. Welcome to the show. And Angela, we're going to start with you. Uh, here's the scenario. A brand new client has joined Annex Wealth Management with the usual assortment of accounts, right? Okay. Maybe a couple IRAs, an investment account, some stock, a 401k. I'm sure it's everything that you've seen before. How do we get our arms around all that and put it into the right place? So the first thing we like to have is for the client to provide us with all of their statements so we can know exactly what type of accounts that they have. Because the client may think they have a traditional IRA, but they could have an inherited IRA. So for us, we need to know exactly what the client has. So if we have that information up front, it makes the process go smoothly. Statements first. And and if you had cases where somebody says, I, I didn't know this was an inherited IRA. I did just have one recently. Right. And they've got, and they have to be treated specially. They're different. Correct. Right. Okay. So that's that's a step, and you kind of gather that all together. Is it inputting data? Is it all that stuff? It is. Yes. So once we get all the information from the statements, then I can generate the paperwork that is needed to move those accounts on to Annex. Do Do you have a sense of things that maybe might be missing that 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 you know we ask for it, but maybe it doesn't all come in? It's like, do, could you look a little bit more and find X, Y, and Z? We do. Yeah. Sometimes the clients aren't really sure what they need to provide to us. So then you know, it's a second conversation with the client saying, hey, we need to get these statements. If they don't really know what to do, we can contact the previous custodian with the client to get that information. Oh, we're going to get to that. Uh, Brandon, I'm sure you're going to agree client service managers are key to making sure that paperwork is buttoned up. I think they're the oil in our machine. They are, truly. Without the client service managers uh, behind the scenes making sure everything runs smoothly, let's be honest, I don't think it would run as smooth. They, they really make everything 
from the operation standpoint, from taking care of the clients, so seamless here at Annex and are really the key to a lot of our success. Angela, our client service managers have this amazing ability. I don't know how you do it to speak the language of our various partners. I mean, you got Voya on the line. You know the right questions for that system. The same thing with TD Ameritrade or, or Vanguard or Schwab or Fidelity, all of them. And that's hard for the average client. At least it is for me. And I'm really glad client service managers like you are doing that. Yeah, it could be tough for a client, but since I've been in the finance industry and with Annex, you know, we talk to the custodians all the time, so we know the information that they're looking for, so we know the language. Brandon, our our goal is a phenomenal client experience, and it starts with that portfolio analysis where the financial planning team, they review everything, they offer analysis, recommendation. You're also involved with the client at every step, but when they make the choice to work with Annex Wealth Management, our client service team is heavily involved, and you work closely with somebody like Angela in particular on this to make sure that that's accomplished. Correct. Without Angela and without the amazing team of client service managers we have here, our lives would be so much more difficult. They are able to see things and catch things that we sometimes miss. And and there was a a previous um, experience that we just ran into with an individual where accounts weren't actually titled properly. And one of our client service managers had kind of gone through it, started looking at their existing accounts, tried to make the right transfers, caught all of this beforehand, was able to go back to the new client and say, we need to fix all this. And the client wasn't even aware of all the different titling issues associated with the different accounts. The client service manager went back, fixed all of it, and was able to make this a smooth transition for the client and do all the work so the client never had to worry about it. It's almost forensic. It is. The amount of detail and the amount of work that they put into it, the the great lengths that they go to to make sure that the client is taken care of and the accounts are in the right spot is absolutely amazing. We say team tech trust, and I like hearing stories about clients who initially have us work with maybe a portion of their portfolio, but then based on the service that we provide, they move more to their Annex account, and I think that's a real testament. It is. You know, we, we you get that a lot where somebody says, I want to test the waters with X, Y, or Z, but as they see kind of the approach we take, the different levels and the different skill sets and the teams, frankly, at Annex that we have, from the tax to the investment to the financial planning team, these folks can come in and add so much value that the client goes, wow, you know, if I just have it all here, I don't have to worry about it anymore. It's in the hands of some great experts and great group of individuals and all these teams that can really take care of me from every aspect, not just the investment side. Yeah, I've talked about this before, but getting it under one roof and especially the fact that Like you said, our tax team, our estate planning team, you don't have to call out. You don't have to say to the client, well, you better check with your tax guy on that. We do that. Correct. I think that's a statement. You know, there's two things I say to every individual that I meet with here, uh, especially new individuals coming in, new families. And it's, look, you don't have to go outside and look for somebody. We can be the quarterback of this situation and help guide you down that path. We have the expertise here. And the second thing that I've, I've said is you will not look at Annex and say, I have a guy or a person, but rather you have a team and it is a team of experts and individuals in all of their key areas to step up and help you out. That's fantastic. Angela Wingo, Client Service Manager, Annex Wealth Management, first time on the show. Nice job. Please come back sometime. Thanks for having me. Brandon Lehman, CFP and a Branch Director at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for sharing. Danny, always good to see you. More to come. Stick around. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Week in Review, Know the Difference Minutes, team segments, planning topics, including investments, retirement, tax, and estate. It's all on the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Head to YouTube and search Annex Wealth Management. 
We're back. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. I'm Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, joined in the studio by Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. So much to talk about. One of the things I want to pivot to is what's happening in Washington, D.C. Certainly, we'll hear a lot about this this Sunday morning on the talk shows, but we're watching it very closely in the, in the investment world as well. Right. The Congress continues to need to uh, extend the debt ceiling or make it larger in, in actual fact. Uh, they haven't come to an agreement on that as yet. They did uh, pass a bill that allows uh, the government to function through the middle of December. So that at least was a positive step forward. Uh, the Fed chairman, you know, whether he's going to be reappointed or not. I mean, we've been big fans of what J- Jerome Powell has done. By the way, did you hear that uh, Senator Warren called him a dangerous man and said she would not approve him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it looks like, you know, Janet Yellen seems to be supportive of his nomination. They have worked together for a long period of time. Although I did read in a couple of places it's actually being floated that perhaps she would return to her former position, which I thought was interesting. But in any event, a lot of issues in Washington, the 3.5 fiscal bill is still on the on the docket and we haven't really seen a result yet. We know Manchin is holding to one and a half, so we could get negotiated down and would result in a, a more moderate tax changes than what, what were initially thought. So it's, you know, it's a, a little volatile atmosphere. And, and as we talk about tapering, as the as the Fed does move away from purchasing assets, that will lead to higher volatility in the bond market, which I believe will lead to higher volatility in stocks as well. You know, and we're here to talk about publicly traded securities, but there certainly is going to be a change in C-Corps, for example, versus pass-throughs. And right now, about 75% of all jobs are in the privately traded market and pass-through organizations, and their tax rates are going up, which is going to put further pressure on pricing around the world. And speaking of pricing, inflation is still Still with us. The question it becomes, is it transitory or not? I think the Fed is going to stick with that argument because they really don't have a way out right now. No, they really don't. If they if they tighten it, the economy could uh, roll over. If they let the economy continue to run too hot, uh, we could build in inflationary expectations, which would ultimately lead to higher rates, which would ultimately lead to tanking the economy. So they are in a box. Um, they've, been, they've showed a very moderate approach so far. Tapering is not tightening, as we mentioned before. So no people shouldn't freak out when they hear that the Fed is reducing their asset purchases because it's essentially just a smaller shot of morphine. It's not the big shot, but it's a smaller shot, and that still has positive effects. So the tapering in their purchases, but as you said, will they ever be able to tighten is a great question. Right now, $15 trillion in negative yielding sovereign debt around the world, so a 1.5% looks pretty good. And so if rates go higher, what does that really mean? There could be significant pain in major dislocations if, in fact, they ever do raise that rate. Well, we have looked in the past about, you know, what, what are the sweet spot for equity returns? And typically when you have inflation running between one and three percent, stocks do pretty well. Um, and that's primarily because there is some growth to the economy that leads to higher corporate profits. Stocks tend to be a reasonably good hedge against inflation. But if rates rise too quickly, that can cause problems. Short term dislocations that trigger volatility squeezes. Right. And pricing issues. And here's something that all of our listeners should pay attention to. Fifty percent of all U.S. debt. In other words, these Treasury securities matures in the next three years. So higher rates would mean significant higher cost to service the debt. On the short end of the yield curve, because that's primarily what, what the U.S. government funds itself with, which is kind of interesting, right? We you and I have had this debate forever about why the U.S. doesn't issue a 50-year bond when long-term rates are so low, right? You don't have to refinance it for a long period of time and at, at such reasonable rates. Yep. So there's no question about it. There, there's certainly going to be push pressure on interest rates. And just think about this 
conceptually. I don't want to get too deep in it in the last minute of the show here. But if inflation does stay persistent and interest rates uh, have to stay low, what does that mean, a stagflation-like environment? Right, slower growth, higher inflation. But there are some sectors that might do pretty well. You'd have a steepening yield curve. You'd think that would be good for financials. Uh, a stronger economy, probably good for energy and, and commodity prices. Uh, may, maybe not so good for the high-flying tech stocks, uh, but certainly healthcare, COVID-19 issues remain post-recovery. Hospital usage, we believe, will be higher than it would have been otherwise. That's a, a sad state of affairs, but it's true. Uh, so there are any number of opportunities, regardless of the circumstances. And talking about opportunities, as you said, uh, there's probably some opportunities in the medical device and even the pharmaceutical, because it looks like this bill won't be as onerous as what was expected. And here's the other thing. Oil prices are going up, and so there is an opportunity in energy, but we're going to have to pay attention to that. One thing I would say on the flip side to end with, as oil prices go up, consumer sentiment goes down because there's less indiscretionary spending. But there's always opportunities. I heard, as Kramer says on CNBC, there's always a bull market somewhere. You have to find it. And that is really what security selection is all about. We do it every day. If we can help, let us know. We're here for you. That's it for this week. We sure appreciate you listening. And if we can help, don't hesitate to reach out. Your investment and retirement plan is that important. Enjoy the rest of the week. We'll see you next Sunday. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. 